0: all right thank you for joining me everyone the morse force every afternoon usually at 12 noon live um welcome to the program my guest is john hawkins he's a columnist with um uh, pj media and town hall he's got his own website right wing news and he's the author of the book 101 things all young adults should know john thanks for joining me today
1: Hey, it is great to be on with you. I've had a lot of buddies up in Vegas, and I've been hearing your name for years and years and years. In Vegas? Well, yeah, in Vegas and uh, in Nevada. Am I saying it right? Is it Nevada or Nevada? Because I know, you know my friends yell it me. I way.
0: think that you and I both have gotten our identities confused a little bit here because I'm from Boston. Oh, well, then you're a different Chuck Morris than I was yeah. thinking of. So we're on hey. the,
1: the, that's funny.
0: Well, here you are, and you're a great conservative columnist. And um, the original reason, and we could go into a lot of areas, but the original issue that I, I that brought you to my attention was this question of um, internet censorship, which, um, you know, when I first got into this and I started to develop a YouTube channel and all that good stuff, I th- had very kind of uh, maybe naive views of things, idealistic views, where I bought the idea that this was, a forum of free speech and that i could reach people and connect with people of like mind and debate people and have just a great open forum okay. um and i thought it was different than radio talk shows that i've done in the past where you had a manager who was watching you and you know there was kind of people breathing down your neck with regards to stuff that you might say or do mm-hmm. and um And yet now I I suspect that that's not the case, that you have gatekeepers who are, for lack of a better word, censoring speech, particularly anything that's to the right of center uh, or conservative speech. Now, first of all, John, in your experience, is this the case? And if so, how do they do it?
1: Well, first of all, it's absolutely the case. It hasn't always been like, just to give you an example, I used to run a 2.6 million person Facebook page. I've Mm -hmm. spent tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook advertising. So when I talk to you about Facebook and stuff, I'm one of the guys who's who's been doing it. Like, you know, 99% of the people have not So they used to let you go. I used to defend Facebook on this kind of thing, but what started happening, I think personally, is that the Facebook pages, the conservative ones that were out there, had an enormous impact on the 2016 election.
0: Mm. I
1: believe that, that Facebook pages like ours and other similar ones helped elect Donald Trump. I say that because from what I noticed out there is that you had this huge group of conservatives who, look, they didn't watch Fox that much. They didn't know much other than they liked God, guns in America, but they were sort of instinctively conservative. And those people loved Donald Trump, and we reached them by the millions and millions. So those people got turned on to the electoral process, and they got Trump over the hump. So then you started seeing the media push these guys. Oh, fake news. And fake news, by the way, is everything conservative to them. That's what they considered fake news. So Facebook started cracking down. It has cost them a lot of money to do this. Uh, but just to give you an example, at our peak, we hit something like 27 million people in a month. So a lot of people, by the time uh, I, I wound down or was winding down wing News, we're down to two and a half million per month. And that was on a bigger page. So what happened is they just started working us down. Now, there's a lot of different ways they could do it. I can, I can give you all kinds of ways. Just mm-hmm. to give you one example, we had a secondary page with a half million people. One day it gets suspended. And I do have a rep over there and I reach out to her and I'm like, hey, why is this page suspended? She doesn't know. She spends two weeks talking to people internally. Nobody can tell her exactly why. They know it's something automated. They know it can't be reversed. It's got to go the full month. She could not tell me what I did wrong. She could not tell me how I could avoid being banned in the future. And that's what you're dealing with if you're conservative. If you're liberal, you don't have that problem. You could talk about how you want to cut you know, Donald Trump's head off, and they're just going to shrug their shoulders.
0: You know, it's it's, it's pretty troubling. I mean, I I will say that, um, look, I'm not some great talk show host. I don't make any pretensions about that. However, I have, you know, I have a modest following. I got about 30,000 followers on on social media. And when I launched this thing, I expected to build it with a reasonably moderate speed. And, And it really hasn't happened. It's like I've gotten at this point about 530 Facebook views. Um, I'm trying to find ways to do an end run around that. I average maybe one or two new subscribers a week, but um, I get the sense, and I can't prove this, but I think that I might I'm being shadow banned. I think that um, there are mechanisms in place that are slowing down my growth, and uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, get by, by getting simply knocked off the air because. I don't do the kind of thing. I'm not doing like shock jock stuff. You know, I do um, an intellectual debate with people on both sides of the political spectrum. And uh, but yet, you know, I am pretty conservative. And I think that um, probably I've come to the attention of the gatekeepers. And that's what we're looking at here at Facebook and now apparently at Google and uh, even at Apple. That You've got a small group of of, uh, gatekeepers. They take a look at all of the sites. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, look, my daughter explains to me that this is not happening. She says that people flag a show and if they get so many flags then it's it's a video suspended and it's not anything that um, Facebook controls. It just simply happens automatically. But uh, and which is also troubling to me. Why should somebody get to flag a show if they don't like it and get it suspended? But even if that's true, I still think that there are gatekeepers over there. And it's probably a small group of people who are deciding what is featured and what isn't. Do you think that's true? Absolutely.
1: In fact, let me give you a couple of very relevant stories. Uh, Well, the first is I got pulled, I I got what are called community standard violations like eight or nine times when I was running this Facebook page. What would inevitably happen is someone would look at an image And they would decide that image was over the line and they would suspend my account for three days. So I would reach out to my rep at Facebook and I was big enough to have a rep at Facebook and they would look into it. And every single time, every single one, they said, oh, this was a mistake. So like there's eight or nine mistakes. Now, was anybody ever fired or punished for that? To the best of my knowledge, no, but that's it. You have a bunch of liberals looking at stuff and saying oh well this is over the line this is but they're not going to do the same thing to other liberals they give them a pass and just another thing you've seen and this is on a similar uh network youtube youtube if you're creating a video a lot of people don't who have never done one don't know this but it can be a lot of production time like it can be i mean you might spend if there's a lot of uh, a lot of work put into it, you might spend 15 20 hours prepping the video So. When Facebook comes along and demonetizes people for being conservative, and they have done that, Prager U is sued for that. U, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. nothing objectionable, nothing offensive. They're just straight conservative, very successful. But when they come down and do that, what they're saying is, well, we haven't banned you from our site yeah, but you've made it impossible to get advertising. Are people really going to spend 20 hours working on a video if YouTube is not going to let them make any money off of it? So you have that going on. A- another great example. And this is pretty recent. Gavin McInnes, Proud mm-hmm. Boys. They just got kicked yeah. off on Twitter. Right. They, they didn't have any. I mean, there was no violation side. anything. it's just like we don't like you. You're gone. We think you're an extremist group based on what a bunch of liberals tell us, not even based on what they are or what they say. I mean, this is a group that they were, they were trying to tar as some kind of white supremacist group, but they have minority members. Even I've seen their app membership applications. It flat out says, we don't accept uh, socialists, communists, racists, white supremacists. We don't accept any of these people. We're a multiracial group, da, da, da. So it doesn't even matter what these people say or what they really are, just what the liberals say they are. So we're getting into this very dangerous situation, I think, where a very small number of people in Silicon Valley are deciding what is okay for speech and what isn't. Now, you might say that's not a First Amendment issue. Fair enough, it's not, but it is a free speech Mm -hmm. issue because so much free speech goes through social media like you're talking about. What hope do you ever have of getting bigger if you can't get out on social media? I mean, I've I've written an article for National Review, where I talked about how they should break up Google and how they should break up Facebook as monopolies. And I I believe that. But the thing I noted in there is I was like, look, just to give you an idea of their power, if this doesn't get out on Google and it doesn't get out on Facebook, nobody's going to read it. (laughs) I mean, a few people at National Review will read it, but it has no chance of getting out to a
0: wider audience. You know, it's like what Bill Gates said back in um, in in the 1990s. He said, if someone if a business doesn't have a website by the year 2000, they're not going to be in business. It's the means, it's the main means of communication today. It's like, it's like telling a group they can't have a telephone in the 1940s. You know, it's it's simply uh, something that has become the equivalent of a utility, even though it's still a private company. And that, of course, brings it to the the, uh, the paradox for conservatives, which is that we don't want to have the government interfere with a private company other than what's absolutely essential. But here we are asking the government, the Congress particularly, to come in and investigate these private companies and to regulate them or to perhaps, as you say, bust them up like, like the old trust busting uh, work of Teddy Roosevelt when he busted Standard Oil into five companies. Um, and... Uh, On a practical level, could that be done, and how would that work? I mean, what do you do? Make three or four Googles or maybe two or three Facebooks? You know, I mean, we're talking here about simply the dissemination of data. How can that be done? I mean, can you comment on on what that might look like? Because I agree with you. Sure, and
1: I know this is a dilemma for conservatives that they look at this and they go, well, you know, I I don't like to see the government interfere in the marketplace at all, but the government does all the time. I I don't think it's something we should be absolutists about. We haven't been before. This is something with a long conservative pedigree. Ronald Reagan broke up uh, Ma bell. I mean, so this is something that goes all the way back with conservatives for decades and decades. So how would it be done when you're talking about Google, for example, Google has got a lot of parts, Google is not just a, I wouldn't consider them dangerous just because they're a search engine and they control 75% of the searches in the United States. They also control the ads. So they can hurt you with ads. I think you start looking at things like ads, you split them off. You split YouTube off. You split uh, some of these other things that they have, like Gmail, you split it off. I don't know how many corporations you split it into, but when you take all these things away so they can't do it, then you, you start to get a little bit more fairness in there. I think with Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp split them off from Facebook. Even if you have just one Facebook in there, those are competitors. Those are competitors that were taking shares of the market. That's why they bought them. Let them have a chance to move up. And see, this mm. is why Facebook and Twitter and Google can be so abusive because they're monopolies. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about a corporation. Or the government, when you only have one person running everything, you're going to get abused. Imagine if we only had one restaurant in the United States. If the only restaurant was, it doesn't really matter, McDonald's, Taco Bell. Taco Bell wouldn't be so bad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Let's say you only had one McDonald's. How do you think Mm -hmm. the service would be if you couldn't go to any other restaurant? How do you think the uh, prices would be? What would happen if McDonald's started doing what the left is encouraging everybody to do now, which is start saying, hey, conservatives can't eat here. I mean, keep in mind, these are people who are out <laughs> protesting because a Tex-Mex restaurant proudly served Jeff Sessions. I mean, they They're didn't kick the Jeff Sessions out. Yeah, <laughs> they, they want to boycott them for actually feeding someone who showed up at their restaurant because they were the wrong ideology. This is where the left's going with this, and they oh. want to use these things to to silence us.
0: Yeah, that's where the left has always been. It's the public ownership of the uh, means of production, Mm -hmm. public ownership of communications. And I think that um, you make a good point with regard to the likely result of busting up some of these companies and spinning them off and getting them competing. Because even if they all are liberal, if they have to compete in the open market and they're not part of this enormous, massive, tentacle-like conglomerate, Then they're going to invite conservatives because they need to do something different. They need alternatives. They need to um, develop a a, a new identity that would be separate from the mainstream liberal left identity, and that there is a conservative market out there. You know, there is, uh, you know, I suppose it's the TV equivalent of the development of Fox News, not that Fox News is some great conservative media, but, you know, Fox News and I suppose you could say Breitbart and some others you know, they they are competing, and that they are drawing audience, and that they are at least causing Mm -hmm. some uh, challenge to this massive, what was actually a massive, liberally controlled media conglomerate in terms of the big three networks, which tended to coordinate with each other and cover the same stories and leave out the stories they didn't like. So, you know, I think that uh, this is a question in a way i mean the whole reason why they set up government apparatus in that regard was to avoid the possibility of monopoly and and single ideologies taking over so i suppose you could apply that to uh, yeah. to the internet and maybe see some real competition and give people a chance to you know not have to goose step to the left every minute which is what mm-hmm. these uh these gatekeepers want to, want to, uh, to do. And of course I feel nervous even saying that because here I am on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Here we are subscribed to be live TV, which is great on Facebook. And yet I'm criticizing it. So, you know, as Fred friendly said, when, uh, during the McCarthy hearings, putting aside that issue, because I actually, we could talk about whether Joe McCarthy was right. Mm-hmm. I think he was, but that's beside the point. He said, if the fear is in this room, let's do it. They were afraid to do this, uh, a hit piece on McCarthy, of course, putting, the, putting aside the question. And, and so that's what I'm saying now. If the fear is in this room, let's do it. I'm going to continue to talk about issues I care about and just hope that, um, that I'm not pulled for it. Um, Alex Jones, of course, was recently pulled simultaneously, all on the same day from uh, from his uh, his networks and his channel on Apple, Google, uh, Facebook, and Spotify, and then a couple of others followed after that. Twitter, uh, Stitcher, and by the way, all these people carry my show too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks an awful lot to me like collusion. Uh, you know, this is uh, antitrust laws are in place to avoid that kind of thing. I mean, that's why they were set up back in the 1880s by. Senator Sherman, you know, companies aren't supposed to like plan and coordinate like that Mm -hmm. to go after one thing or to do one thing. And yet, Alice Jones, and I didn't, I never really listened to him either. I mean, I, years ago, I interviewed him and I feel bad looking back on it because I gave him a really hard time. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I, since he was removed, obviously, I decided, well, I'm going to listen, see what he's about. And so I downloaded the app, which is available, the Infowars, still on Apple, although they're saying that that might go very soon. And he's great. I mean, he's uh, he's actually increased his audience. I think his his app now has more than doubled its audience. It's up to 5 million people. And he hasn't been slowed down at all by this. He's just continuing to, if anything, this very well may be. One of the first examples of where this monopoly is starting to crack. However, Alex Jones is in a position where he's built up such a huge audience. But for somebody like me or some of the other you know, small town, you know, kind of, you know, nobodies, I'm not criticizing myself here, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They could pull me off in a minute. Nobody would ever care. You know, no one would rather than Nobody would even know. So that worries me.
1: It should worry you. Um alex jones i am not a fan of the guy i think he's enormously talented as a broadcaster Yeah, really crazy conspiracy stuff mixed in with some actual news reporting so that's that's where people like him because he does actually break some news but then he'll be breaking news about how sandy hook was a false flag organization you know so some crazy stuff too but the problem with coming out for these guys and saying all right we're not going to allow alex jones on our side anymore (sighs) Well, so who else? Who's next after Alex Jones? Because there's always a next. Because once you set the precedent and say, all right, well, we think this guy's conspiratorial. We're going to get rid of him. And he's prominent on the right. Well, you know, you set a precedent. And who's going to be the next person? What are you going to do, for example, if you're conservative, if they ban people who are like pro-life off of the platform? Well, are are the other conservatives? People who who criticize global warming. Who, and I mean, listen, this stuff is not that far-fetched. I mean, they are already kicking people off who I, I think are just mainstream conservatives. I consider Gavin McGinnis, yeah. who's kicked off Twitter, a mainstream conservative.
0: Thank and, you. I was okay. shocked by that. Not to yeah. mention, uh, even Ben Shapiro, he's bringing a lawsuit. He's had 90 videos removed, not just uh, demonetized. I mean, he's a mainstream conservative, whether you like him or not. I mean... Uh, you know, as you say, I mean, all these Breitbart, I've, I've seen Western Western journalism. I don't know if you get there. Uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with those
1: guys. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, they they say that they, they've had their, their traffic reduced by about a third since this More whole than thing. That.
1: More than that, uh, my friend. Yes.
0: Sarah Palin, her mm-hmm. following has been reduced by about a third. I mean, these are pretty substantial figures. They're pretty mainstream people. And as far as like, conspiracy analysis. So what? I mean, he's not advocating violence. He's not, um, I mean, I don't even think he said what they said he said about Sandy Hook. He just said he thinks it might be something about it might be fishy in terms of, um, you know, whether or not it happened. Now, I I reject that. I think that's ridiculous. But, I mean, that's free speech. But see, that's that's the dangerous part, because if you
1: want to say, hey, someone's advocating a violent attack, on Barack Obama, okay, ban them. I, I think they should go. You know, or, or van, or, or you know, they okay, they're they're you know breaking the law. But when you start yeah. getting into, I'm gonna judge whether this speech is good or not, and then based on whether I think it's good or not, I'm gonna kick you off. I think you're getting into very dangerous territory when you're talking about. Uh, the social media monopolies of, of, that, are, that are just controlling a lot of our speech that are that are so much of the media runs through these days. I think that's very, very dangerous because what they're doing is very, very arbitrary. I don't of agree course. with a lot of the people they've kicked off of there. And I, I mean, how do you justify, for example, kicking Gavin McInnes off and not kicking Antifa off? how do you justify you know you don't you know i mean you're just making a very arbitrary decision and saying i think you're bad so i'm
0: kicking you off i I
1: just think that's unhealthy and dangerous given how powerful these companies have become
0: well you, you brought up the issue of antifa there's a group who is violent they by their own admission and they're out there doing violence they're terrorists i mean they uh during this past weekend, this big so-called you know white supremacy rally, which didn't really matter much, it was mostly Antifa out there fighting police and throwing you know rocks and eggs at policemen. And then uh, CNN actually one of their commentators referred to them as anti-hate, which is really kind of amusing. But but the fact is that here you have a group that is actively, openly advocating the overthrow of the United States government and of our society, both through viol- open violence and subversion. That, that's in violation of the Smith Act of 1940, which, which was basically saying that about the uh, the communist conspiracy at the time. But the thing is to, to speculate on conspiracies, that's not overthrowing the government. Mm-hmm. That's simply, I mean, that's what media is supposed to do. They're supposed to look at political conspiracies. Now, whether or not they are are, are right or whether they might be crazy, that's up for the, up to the public to decide. I mean, that's part of the debate. I mean, if they're completely crazy, let's have the debate and let's trust ourselves to have that kind of a debate. There's, um, you know, as long as they're not like fomenting violence against the government, they're not fomenting violence against anybody. They're not fomenting genuine, like, you know, hatred against any group. And I don't think that, that it does. I mean, and and to the degree that it does, you have those people left on the air, as you say. Antifa has a ton of Facebook pages. They've got Facebook pages in every region yeah. of the country, and nothing has happened. In fact, one of their guys, and it's on YouTube now, has called for killing President Trump. Isn't there mm-hmm. laws against that? You know, I mean, this is, um, and it's there. It's not removed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I, I think we get into the whole debate over whether these social media networks are publishers or platforms, because they want to say we're platforms. Hey, we, people can post what they want. We're not responsible for it. Now, you, you're a publisher. If you say, hey, this John Hawkins guy's a jerk, you don't ever have me back on your show again. If you like, you know, one particular type of comment, let's say you like ultra libertarians, that's all you bring on your show. That's your choice. You're a publisher. If you're going to say I'm a platform and I'm not responsible for all the stuff on my service and you, you really are not supposed to be going out and saying ideologically, I disagree with these people. So they're not allowed to talk anymore. That's sort of getting into the publisher part of the territory where you're publishing and choosing. And there are legal ramifications to that. that go with it. I mean, they want the protection of being a, uh, you know, of being a platform and saying, hey, we're not responsible for this. But they want to come out and say, well, we are responsible. We're going to pick who's allowed to talk and who's not. I think it's very disturbing. And I think a lot of people should be a lot more alarmed about this than they are, especially conservatives, because this is the new public square. I mean, if you're not able to get out on social media somehow, some way, you might as well be writing in a diary. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Look at Donald Trump and what he does with Twitter. I mean, just even even the president of the United States, one of the most valuable tools for him to get out is Twitter. But if you take all that away and you say, hey, conservatives, we're not going to allow you to talk because we don't agree with your ideology. I think that gets kind of dangerous. And what I'm suggesting with like breaking up monopolies, paying a lot more attention to this, treating it seriously, is that if you're conservative in this country, your First Amendment rights aren't in danger. Your free speech, though, is in danger because they're taking that away. By that's they're starting to, a piece at a time. I would be very concerned about it, and I would treat it with the seriousness it deserves.
0: So, John, I think that I would suggest that the um, the ripping away of um, of uh, Alex Jones' show. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that did get a proper publicity, I mean, that was in the New York Times front cover. It was the main topic of talk radio around the country. It's something everybody knows about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was done in the context that he, he was demonized for reasons that are not named. I mean, even if he did claim that um, Sandy Hook was a false flag, which is ridiculous, but mm-hmm. it's free speech. He did that. That must have been five years ago. Why now? Yeah. Why all of a sudden, in the same day, they're, they're deciding to simply take his show away just before the midterm elections? It's obviously censorship. It's obviously the beginning. It's the first salvo, I think, of what President Trump accurately calls the deep state and their fellow coordinates in the, um, in the big, big um, Silicon Valley um, media starting to remove opinion. Now, I mean, I'd further point out that um, Alex Jones, one of his commentators, and I've been listening to him since, and it's very, very good. He claims that it's the communist Chinese influence because they have a lot of intersectionality cross-sections with uh, both Apple and Google, and that they've uh, both of those companies have quietly agreed to censor content for China, and that they're basically doing that here. You know, it's a similar... Um, Phenomena. Having said all that, what do we do, John? What do we do now as conservatives? You are one of the biggest uh, online conservative commentators in the country. You have millions of followers. You're experiencing this as well. So, what do you tell people like me, like my listeners, like conservatives in general, who are trying to have influence online? They're trying to develop an internet persona. What do we do?
1: I think it's a tough situation. There's a
0: number of things you can do. There are no des-
1: decisive things you can do, unfortunately. You can advocate, like I do, for splitting up Google and Facebook as a monopoly. I think you can encourage your people in Congress. Let them know you're, you're uh, upset about this and worried about this. You have started to see members of Congress who've gotten Facebook up there, have gotten Zuckerberg in front of them, and have started asking him some hard questions. That actually is very beneficial because the last thing they want is to get on the wrong side of the government. So it makes them think twice about what they're doing. Looking for alternatives is good. If you can find a decent alternative to any of these sites and you have the opportunity to do it, support them. And the other thing that's important is when someone gets kicked off of these sites, make noise about it. Don't let it just say, ah, well, they kicked off so-and-so who cares? These guys and Alex Jones and Alex Jones is the easy first one to take down. Like, Oh, it's crazy old Alex Jones. You know, what do you say when it's Rush Limbaugh? What do you say when it's Sean Hannity? And and I got to tell you, it may be one day because the way these liberals, the way their mind works is for a while, like the rest of us, it's all about money. Hey, how much money can I make? I can make more money if conservatives use my site. Great. But they've gotten to the point now where they are monopolies and they have complete control. And the ideology on the left, that the way people are pushing is, all right, well, let's start shutting these guys down. And you're seeing that start to infect what they're doing. It's infecting the algorithms they're creating that control what gets out there. And they're looking for opportunities to cut us off. So like I say, just keep making, making noise, looking for alternatives, letting your people in Congress know you're very concerned about it.
0: Those are very good suggestions, but I want to bear down a little bit on the so-called con- alternatives. Still there? What? Yeah. Can you hear me? Uh, okay, I think we may be done. No, no, no. We're here. You can- huh? I guess I lost. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't do anything. Maybe I've been knocked off. Um, anyways, I wanted to ask my guest to talk specifically about some of these alternatives. Uh, I'm going to get him back on. I'm going to call him and get that information because that was practical for me. And uh, maybe I'll do um, I'll do a program on that. Anyway, I want to thank you for watching everyone today. Hopefully this will uh, properly stay on uh, Facebook and uh, be downloaded to YouTube and all the other servers as I do generally. And uh, of course, before I go, I want to mention briefly get a quick, and maybe shameless plug for my books, my books, my books, available at amazon.com. Just look up my name, Chuck Morse, Morse, like Morse code, M-O-R-S-E, and you will see all of my nonfiction books come up. So check them out as well. And please subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for watching, everybody, and have a good...